Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Slice of Healthcare. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Precious Steeples, a registered nurse. Very excited for another episode and to have Precious on. So let's not waste any time. Let's get her on. Here we go. Hi, Precious. Hi, how you doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining us on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. How was your day today? It was good. I had an exam today, so you know how that goes. Stay up all night studying and then finally get it over with and then have more studying things to do. So that's just been my day nonstop. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Lots of caffeine or are you not a caffeine person? Not much of a caffeine person. Um, I mean, I'll have coffee here and there, but I'm not like a straight black coffee. I'm more of like a caramel macchiato type of girl. So I don't even know. Uh, One of those people. (laughs) I'm one of those girls. So I don't know if it really counts for real, but that's me. But that's rare. Interesting. I used (laughs) to always put stuff in my coffee and then one day I decided I'm just going to drink it black all the time and you get used you really do get used to it after a while really I don't I have I'm scared to try it because I feel like some people when they start drinking coffee when they go without it they get headaches and I'm just like uh I don't want to know if like I don't want to take that route you know what I mean yeah you know I've heard that yeah I've heard it too often a couple at one point I think I was three cups a day and then I cut back to not doing it at all and then I was fine uh, and then I'm, I just do one cup a day in the morning now and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's rare that I need it, but, um, I'd say like, maybe I get my little caramel lattes maybe like once a week and I have to be like dying to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's well, that, that's, but that's how I survive. Very I nice. Through it. Love it. Uh, I, I think it would be great if you could start by telling the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, we can go from there okay well um as we all know my name is precious um i have been a nurse for closer to four years um i've worked in a variant amount of um different arenas in healthcare. so i started out as a new grad um working in like acute care med surge. And I did that for just a short amount of time. But then I realized that I really wanted to get into critical care and expand, you know, on my skills and critical thinking and, you know, my experience. So then I transferred to a trauma ICU um, unit and got a lot of experience there with gunshots and train wrecks and car wrecks and anything that you can imagine. I've had a brain in my hand, like just crazy, crazy, great experience. Um, But then I got the inkling that I wanted to go back to school. So I figured, you know, being a primary care provider and um, being a nurse practitioner, I kind of really wanted to see the children's aspect of things. So I transferred to a children's pediatric ICU. And that's what I've been doing for about um, a year and a half now. And now I've kind of expanded my role and transitioned into a float pool position. So I not only go into the PICU, I go into the neonatal ICU as well, or the NICU. And um, I will be being cross-trained into the cardiac, you know, pediatric ICU as well. So I've kind of 
dabbed in a lot of different areas, but I'm grateful for it because I feel like it's uh, truly contributed to my experience and just my background and knowing a lot or knowing a little bit about a lot versus knowing a lot about one little thing. I truly believe that helps as a nurse and just with your um, just being solid, you know. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And then I'm also in grad school now. Um, I went to Georgia State University in Atlanta for undergrad. And I truly love my school. I wouldn't go anywhere else. I'm like a diehard Panther fan. So I'm back. And um, it's currently in semester two out of seven. So I'm just making it work. How do you manage your time? Like, how do you deal with any levels of stress that come up? Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, tons of stress. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things, like, it's just kind of like, you can't even explain it, but I'm going to try to do my best. Um, I haven't done the best job. I'm kind of like isolated from everything. Um, I don't really, well, I'm kind of an extroverted introvert anyway, so I don't really do that many things, but I've like taken a toll back from like hanging out with my friends, um, but I do try to like make time for that, but it's, it's hard. It's difficult. Um, but I say, I would say that one thing that helps me manage my stress the most is working out. I am in the gym, you know, at least three times a week, even if it's just for like a short 15 minute cardio run, I'm in there doing something. Um, so working out really helps a lot. I do have a great support system. Um, my mom helps me, you know, just with my dog, like I, when I'm going to the library and I'm there for eight hours, from, typically from like 12 to 8 p.m. when they close, my mom will watch my dog so I don't have so she doesn't have to stay here and look at the TV by herself. So little things like that um, have truly helped the process. I've also, like I said, transitioning into this flow pool role. I have went down to like part time with my hours, so I'm not working as much. I'm still working like mostly three days a week, but a lot of the weeks I'm doing like two days. So I'm not consistently working a full 36 hours every single week. Interesting. Yeah. And then I could travel, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Always. Yes. <laughs> could you tell us, uh, I, I think your story too would be especially great for a variety of healthcare professionals, but even a big focus too is these students right now, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Having them have, a mentor type, someone they can look up to, see how they're doing things. How would you break down your day-to-day? What does it look like? Um, well, it's, it's an ongoing thing. I mean, it's not something that I can have, and I should, but it's not something that I have, like, a set schedule for every single day. I can say that my plan is to always wake up, not stay up so late, for one, because I'm a, I'm a day shifter. Night shift is not for me, but try to go to bed early, wake up early, do my workouts in the morning, give myself like a two hour period. So maybe wake up, from, do my workout from like 6.30 to 8.30 and make some breakfast, get the dog together um, and then start studying by like 11.30 um, a.m. And um, I'll take breaks, I'll cook lunch and, and everything. And then um, I will just study until around 10 o'clock but I take large breaks in between so I think as long as you're not neglecting yourself in the process which is something that I had to learn the hard way where I would go for periods without eating without drinking water 
and just getting headaches. And, you know, I finally had to learn, like, you have to take care of your, take care of yourself throughout this process and really just, you know, eat. (laughs) That was my biggest thing. I just wouldn't eat. So definitely eating and feeding your brain cells. And um, I think when it comes to studying, doing a little bit all at once, like, just say we just had a lecture today. So tomorrow I might skim through my notes or when I'm at work, I'll skim through my notes. I'm not like trying to memorize it right then and there, but I'll skim through things so that little pieces of that information stay stuck in my brain. When I go to like take an exam or really study for real, I already picking up pieces of what I've skimmed through. So that's helped a lot. Interesting. Two hour workout, huh? Wow. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, most like an hour and a half. Yeah, mostly. I have my little like fitness plans that I follow and stuff like that. So that kind of keeps me busy um, and like elongates the time because typically if it says three sets, I'll end up doing like four. So I just try to push myself. But it's it's been hard managing working out and in school for the summer because you're going from a 14 week course to a seven week course and it, it is rather difficult. But you got you just got to make it work. Good for you. I, yeah. I used to be at a point where I could do that a lot. And then, yeah, I don't know what happened. You just, you get tired and things, yeah. and things yeah. come up and it's tough to carve it out, but I, I guess it's just about being consistent and trying to stick exactly. with it and find some time to do it. Right. At some yeah. point. Because I yeah. found that like, I, when I wasn't being like consistent, I wasn't happy because I wasn't doing something for myself. Self-care is huge as you know, as providers, like we're always taking care of other people, but not taking care of ourselves. So I had, I started going to get facials. I just got a facial yesterday, you know, me working out that, that makes me happy. That's like my safe place, my safe haven, getting my blood and endorphins and adrenaline going like, that's what makes me happy. So I just had to stick to it. Cause I'm like, I have to stop looking at these books. Sometimes I just, I'm over it. And I just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if that's the best advice, but I think self-care and taking care of yourself is the biggest, like, route to be successful in school. It really is. Because I used to go balls to the walls and just, like, put my face, you know, face planted in a book and just, like, there for 12 hours. And that's just not healthy. It's just not. And you're really not taking in anything that way. So, Doing that and then switching up the environment. Like I said, I go to the library. I go to coffee shops. I try not to stay on my couch because I feel like I don't remember or retain the information best that way. But I do feel as if being in the library, however you study best, is um, is what works. Great. What uh, What are some of your goals? Well, um, <laughs> I would love to leave the state of Georgia when I graduate uh, in 2020. I'm not sure where yet. Um, My heart is on the West Coast, um, but we'll see. I also would like to be a nurse practitioner specializing in dermatology once I graduate because I love skin. I love, you know, scalp conditions, skin conditions, pus, pimples, all that stuff. I'm, I'm a fan of it. So I would love to just practice and specialize in that area. I also feel as if, um, being an African, African American woman, um, the, like, there's not many African American women in dermatology and there's a lot of things 
that African-American women are suffering from with their skin and they're uneducated about. For the longest, I didn't know I was supposed to wear sunscreen. And I'm 26, so I found out maybe at like 24 and a half <laughs> that I was supposed to wear sunscreen. And this is just something culturally I was taught, like, you know, you don't need sunscreen. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a lot of those things I feel as if um, I could do a lot of education and um, just honing in, in, in our, within our community. Interesting. Yeah. Where, what are some areas within healthcare you think we need to change or innovate? Um, well, okay, so I'm actually um, starting something big, which I won't go into too much detail on, but I'll, I'll just tell a little bit. I'm really big on cultural diversity. Um, I was raised in a military family. My mom did 22 years, and I moved every year and a half to two years. So I'm pretty used to just, like, being around other cultures, being around other ethnicities, learning and embracing and loving others' cultures while doing the same for mine. And I truly feel like that has helped me take care of my patients and, um, you know, promote cohesiveness amongst my coworkers that are different from me. But I do feel like there's still a lack of cultural diversity within healthcare, and I think that's something that we can improve on. Um, I've experienced countless of um, things that it's just like, it was either culturally insensitive or it was just like, genuinely the unknown and I don't know if you want me to give you examples but I I surely can give plenty um of just like situations where there was a lack of cultural understanding that could have potentially severely impacted patient care so um I think we we could add more diversity into, into the healthcare system. Because if you think about it, all of our, you know, patients are from different backgrounds, religions, ethnicities, and sexual orientation, whatever the case may be, every patient is different. And so we need to have the staff to represent that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm really well, big thanks. on that. And I think that's something that's truly important, you know, for, and I think one thing that I'll just give one example, one thing that has hurt me the most, um, well, this, I wouldn't even say the most because there, there's been more, but one thing that really like stuck with me was a child who was going through a procedure that was going to be uh, kind of traumatizing to her outward appearance and, you know, and her cosmetic appearance. And, you know, sometimes we always try to give them examples of what it's going to look like or what it's going to be like. And um, this particular patient, you know, told her nurse, I wish you would have showed me someone that looked like me you know, that would have made me feel more comfortable. And so it, that kind of stuck out to me as if, like, we have some work to do. You know, we have some work to do. Interesting. Thank, yeah. your, th- thank you to your mom, too, for her service. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, we're army strong over here. So <laughs> I, I'm what, grateful uh, for that experience. I truly am as a kid. I haven't met to uh... – Everyone I meet that comes from a military family is one of the nicest people. So thank you for sticking with the trend. Oh, (laughs) well, thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, I mean, I hated it at the time because I was always leaving my friends, like literally always leaving. I would get close to people and then I would have to leave. But now I see how, how much that has helped me because I grew up around, you know, a bunch of people that weren't like me. 
And now I'm taking care of these patients that aren't like me. And I'm working with a bunch of people that aren't like me. And that means that I can truly relate to anybody. And I feel like that makes a difference, you know, when, when you're providing care, because people, people can see that, you know, you're different and that you can try to understand them. Even if you don't understand that, the fact that you want to understand is what's even more important. Very interesting take on that. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds it. Very interesting. Yeah. What, uh, what are you passionate about besides nursing? Um, fitness, (laughs) definitely fitness, um, definitely cultural diversity. I'm sorry. I'm like repeated so many things, but this is true. This is what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about faith, fitness, um, unity. Um, I would say traveling and, um, those are the main things. Definitely just like seeing, seeing things and exploring and not being stuck in a bubble <laughs> are some of the things that I'm most passionate about. But like I said, I love to travel. I love working out and going to church. Those are just kind of my things. Hanging out with friends. I love all those things. It's good to have. I mean, and you want know what's crazy too. A lot of what you said correlates with what one of your biggest passions is being nursing. I always find there's a, usually a direct correlation between what you're passionate outside of like your core thing. And then, you know, you're going back to your core thing that you are so, so passionate about. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. What advice would you have for students? Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Well, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say like, you know, for me, it's like, I can't, you know, tell people how to take care of themselves if I'm not taking care of myself, you know? So as far as dieting, as far as fitness and health and exercise, because a lot of the stuff that people experience, if it's chronic, are all like diet and exercise related. And if you could, you know, make some changes to your, you know, daily things that you're doing, you could see some improvement in your health. And so that's another thing that I'm, I'm really you know, passionate about is just preventative measures when it comes to health. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I I want to wrap up uh, precious by you telling the audience where they can follow you. Okay. Get in touch with you. Uh, What are some of those sources? So um, always Instagram. That's like something that I check, you know, on the regular. So that's, at fit nurse p f-i-t n as in no nurse well nurse fit nurse and then p as in precious that would be my instagram and then i also have a website that comes directly to my email when you comment or ask questions on it and that's www.fitnursep.com i'm on facebook as precious gabrielle steeples and those are pretty much the social measures that I use um, when people have questions or want to contact me. My, my email is also linked to my Instagram account. So I'm pretty um, easy to get in touch with. Great. Great. Um, we'll, we'll include those in the show notes as well, too. So uh, and we'll tag you in the post once it comes out. Awesome. I'm very excited uh, for it to be released. And once again, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. It was great having you and hearing your story and uh, where you're at today. 
Yes. And I thank you guys for having me. And this was a wonderful opportunity. And um, in any way that I can help, you know, I'm available to do so. So I, I'm very appreciative. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, enjoy your evening and we will talk soon. All right. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for another episode of Slice of Healthcare. Please be sure to follow us on our social channels. On pretty much every social channel, it's at Slice of Healthcare. On Twitter, it's at Slice of HC. We don't use that much, but we will answer if anyone tweets at us or sends us a message there. Also, for those of you that are listening on iTunes, please be sure to head over to iTunes, leave us a rating slash review. We'd really appreciate the support and feedback. And if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please reach out at sliceofhealthcare at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or any of our other channels, and we'll get right back to you. Thanks, and everyone have a great day. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.